From Rule 62 Studios in Bossier City, Louisiana, this is The Grouch and the Brainstorm. Welcome back to The Grouch and the Brainstorm, episode 21. And I'm Mike, and I'm here today with Matt. Hey, guys. Ben. What's up? And Jill. Hello. And we are going to entertain you for the next one hour or inform you or... Hell, I don't know. We're just going to entertain. Hopefully entertain. We're just going to talk. You know, one of the things I like about podcasts and and all these things you see on YouTube, someone had had developed a word, I guess, many years ago or something that I just missed. Uh, Content. You know, know, what are you going to call the stuff we put content what's it's, is that like the easiest kind of a blanket <laughs> it's kind of the easiest i produce content Ooh, yeah nice. i produce bullshit yeah, oh, we go. should meet yeah exactly <laughs> so oh man so we have talked on the last couple episodes about uh willingness um we've talked about selfishness we've talked about a lot of those things that uh that we need things that get in the way Things that uh, that we just uh, struggle with, I guess you should say, or, or don't struggle with and need. But tonight we're going to talk about step six, which stated by the big book is we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. And uh, so around the room real quick, does anybody have any defects of character? Mm, I don't. Absolutely. Come on. Matt, you don't have any? <laughs> 10, 20,000. That's about it. Well, you know. What's a defect? Yeah. Well, that's glad, content. Glad you said it's content. I'm glad you said that, Ben, because that's where we're going with this, right? Um, we're going to talk about the defects of character. Well, we're going to talk about part of that is being the defects of character and um, realizing what they were and how we came to realize what they were. Um, and we've already done it. We, we already know this information. We, we did it when we took an inventory and when we covered that inventory with another person. You know, I guess it's just really, this is, the step is very simple. So on my way out here this morning, I was listening to Joe and Charlie. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Joe and mm-hmm. Charlie? You're yes. Right. Okay. Ben, you, Joe and Charlie? Okay, yeah. there are a couple of fellas that, that did a big book study on tape, and it's really popular in the AA or in the recovery community. And it's, it's humorous. It, it's, it's almost like an uh, advanced form of what we're doing, except for— You said on tape? What's that? Oh, it's, yeah. it's things we had in the <laughs> 80s. Um, you know, they still call albums albums. Yeah. Yeah. Like so-and-so's putting out a new album. You know, and I'm like, album? Nobody's had an album. Anyway, before I get off track, I was listening to Joe and Charlie on the way over this morning, and, and I, I specifically um, fast-forwarded it to uh, this step, step six. And, you know, they say very little. Matter of fact, they say they do step six and seven at the same time. And, you know, my sponsor, my current sponsor, has always made it, very clear to me and anyone that he comes in contact with that these are two entirely separate steps right so i'm gonna i'm gonna do some reading gotta do a little reading because i want to i want to get us to to up to par right and you know step five is talking about pocketing our pride illuminating every nook and cranny going to the deep talking about our story telling everything we can to someone that's closed mouth and trusted and can listen and maybe even give a little feedback positive and negative feedback 
Um, and then after it talks about that in the big book, there's this paragraph, right? Just, just, just one big paragraph. And I'm going to, I'm going to read through it. It says, returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour. That's actually hard to do, believe it or not. Yeah. Carefully reviewing what we have done, we thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Taking this book down from our shelf, we turn to the page which contains the 12 steps. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask if we have omitted anything. For we are building an arch through which we shall walk a free man at last. Is our work solid so far? Are the stones properly in place? Have we skimped on the cement put into the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? If we can answer to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. We have emphasized willingness. And this right here is step six in the big book. Just total thing. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove all of remove from us all these things which have we have admitted are objectionable? See, it doesn't mention the word defect in there. It just says objectionable, right? Yeah. Can we now take them all? Can he now take them all? If we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. And that's that's pretty much step six. So has everyone in here done a step six? Yes. 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 Recently. No. no. <laughs> well, no. Yeah. Well, shame on you for not working a good program. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. Um, I think that um, you know, step six is one of those things that once. Well, I'm not gonna. I don't want to discourage any newcomer, but once we get off into the thing, um, step six is one of those things that we do every day, and we just may not realize it. I do. I do it every day and just don't realize it. You know, and it's almost. Um, it's almost, I find it in reverse order when I take a step 10. Yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say too, is you do do it every day. You do it every day, but, um, you, yeah, it's kind of a reverse step 10. That's exactly. And I was just in a thing on 10 last night and, um, how'd that go? How'd that 10 go last it night? It was, it was good. It was good. Um, you know, and that is, that is definitely one you do every day, but you don't realize the, Step six is kind of, it does, it ties into that. I mean, it's kind of the same thing, you know, but uh, I think 10 is more immediate pop-up little things, you know, whereas six is like, I have an ongoing issue with this and, and you're working on it, you know, and having to really work on it, um, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. I mean, I do it every morning through prayer. Yeah. I mean, specifically asked to have, you know, God remove, well, we're not there, but to remove the defects of character. Yeah, we're there. We're oh, okay. There. Yeah, okay. We, we made it there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, it, so it, Jill's to Jill's point, we're going back. You know, we we talked about kind of us guys and gals in, in the program that have actually worked all twelve, right? But if there's a listener out there that hasn't worked all twelve, mm-hmm. this first step six is coming from your four and five. Right. Right. Yeah, and and which brings me to. Like, what is a defect of character? That's, yes. And you're probably headed that direction, right? Well, that's, yeah. I think I think it'd be important for them to understand defects of character before, whenever we get into this thing. Mm-hmm. Because, I, like a lot of folks, you know, like I just said, we get it from four and five. Um, yes, we get it from four and five. But I still thought that my only defect of character was I drank. 
Right. I didn't know exactly what that meant. I mean, a defect of character. And I knew that I had, you know, uh, like looked at my part through when it came to fears and being dishonest and selfish and all that. But I didn't really know like what a defect of character was. And it was that. And it was it can be a many, many, many different things. Uh, I, I once had a, like a handout that I'd give my clients with like hundreds of them. Yeah. And it's like, wow. Uh, and over time, you know, through working the steps multiple times and working on myself, I was able to identify my main defect of character, the one that fueled my alcoholism, the one that almost killed me. And, um, but like I said, there's so many. And once you really start to work on yourself and you find those, it's just, uh, there it is. You're at step six and you're like, hey, I'm ready to have this. This needs to go. It's not working for me. Yeah. You know, because I like to think as a defect of character, character defect as a uh, behavior that keeps you from what your true self it may be a mask you're trying to something you're trying to hide. It, it it it's some kind of behavior that does not work for you that keeps you from uh, your full potential self, Peace. God, all those peace all, of mind, all yep. the good things. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. Um, you know, and and the twelve and twelve actually has more other names for defects of character as well, and we'll get into those in a little bit, but. Um, index of malfunctions or index of, um, I'll find it in a second, but it's, it's, there, there's a, call it what you want to call it, right? But we, that's, man, it's so important to have a sponsor because when you don't think you have a character. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that, you, it's good to point it out, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Or you can remarry your ex-wife and she'll help you out with that. But I'm thinking, you know, when I got here, I was just, uh, no character defects, none. Right. <coughs> I took step four and five. And and I slowly started realizing through my part, you know, I guess I guess some folks call it that fourth column, you know, but my character defects, you know, and just a couple of examples, you know, is is um, well jealousy, you know, is an, is an example of character defects. Not my, one of my personal character defects, but it is a you know something you might discover whenever you're doing this, you know, and it may, may be something that, you know, once we get to step seven, which will be a few episodes from now that we, we actually want to recognize, you know, and start changing and start making changes because changes just don't happen overnight. So step six in the 12 and 12, though, I'm gonna read this real quick. And I'm I'm not going to bore y'all with all my reading today, but, um, the very first paragraph says, and this is the book writing. This is not me. You can interpret it any way you want to interpret it. Um, we don't go into the politics of it. I'm reading out of a book, right? This is the step that separates the men from the boys. So yeah. declares a well-loved clergyman who happens to be one of AA's greatest friends. He goes on, he goes on to explain that any person capable of enough willingness and honesty to try repeatedly step six on all his faults without any reservations, whatever, has indeed come a long way spiritually and is therefore entitled to be called a man who is sincerely trying to grow in the image and likeliness of his own creator. And you can fill in any gender in that you want. That's depending on how you read, but that's how this this actual book reads. And, you know, so... 
I think character defect will be, you know, the first thing that we discuss, you know, and Jill did a great job of it over there talking about that. What's your take on character defect? Now, we don't need to know yours, Matt. We all know that. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I also have an ex-wife. If anybody needs to know, I can give you her number. She can tell you all mine. <laughs> but, um, I mean, character defects, I just pulled up, like you, you were reading, and I've read nine right off the bat. I pretty much have or have had all of those. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to keep going. It kind of dep- depresses me a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I was hoping maybe one I didn't have. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, and, and really, me personally, it was it was dishonesty, ego, um, you know, re- uh, fear, resentment, uh, j- justifying things, self-pity, all those good, good things. Um, and... You know, in talking about asking God to remove them in this step, and I'll give you one that I just know with me is I don't know that he, he well, I know he hasn't removed it, and 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 but like self pity, that's when I know I'm sort of um, not right as I hear that in my head. Well, poor me, yeah, poor me, everybody's out to get me. No, that's my you know? go-to as well. And, and it's like when I start hearing that, I go, ooh. <laughs> and I don't know that, and I'm just saying, I, this is me, okay, I'm not an expert on anything, uh, even my own junk. But when I start hearing that, I think that's God's way of going, hey, you're you're not right, you know. And I almost, it's like a, a, a switch. And yeah. it goes, hey, you need to deal with something here. And so... I'm glad that it's there when I when I hear that because mm-hmm. I don't let it go long, you know, anymore. But, I'm the same way. It's like the get your ass in gear switch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like, I mean, you know, God's pretty smart. You know, he uh, he may may have just left that there for me to go, you know. Well, we got to think about it. At this point, if we've made it to step six, there has to be um most likely i would hope anyway and and i'm i you know this is on my own personal experience nobody else's but there may be um god removed the obsession to drink which was pretty amazing right like like i'm Weird. I'm, I'm thinking if he can remove the obsession to drink um there's this is an open door to sure you know th- this where we tapped into that higher power or whatever it is you know that we call it and um, there's a possibility he may actually do this. Uh, might want to think twice about what character defects I want removed. You right. Know, that's what right. I'm thinking. You know, what will I be? You know, you know. So I, I, I personally, whenever I work with the guys, I make a list, you know, make a list of character defects. And, and actually, I do that the very first thing they do on, on the uh, whenever we start their steps four is I have a, have a page that says flaws in my makeup, and then we turn over and start the actual step four so that after we're done, we can go back to the very first page called flaws in our makeup and write down the flaws in our makeup. Makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And flaws in our makeup is not the facial makeup, Ben, just so you know. It's- oh, I thought you were trying to talk about me there for a second. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. And, you know, most of mine, too, I feel like almost all of them, really, when you cut it down to it, is based out of fear. Oh, yeah. Almost 99% of them. With pretty much any negative uh, aspect, fear is a core component. And and we learn that, too, um, in step four. You know how, notice how the word fear is bracketed beside, you know. You know, it's just what well, they say fear ought to be classified with stealing. It seems to cause more problems. So, hmm. 
Yeah. So how do you do step six? What did you do, Ben? Not, I'm sorry, Ben, what did you do on your step six? Do you remember? Yeah. Um, Cal told me to meet him out in the park, and then he said, okay. And, oh, yeah, I'm not talking into the mic. There you okay. go. Yeah, Cal told me to meet him in a park, and we uh, we got there, and he said, okay, I want you to reread. I want you to sit there, reread through your step four, and then think about it and think if you've left anything off. And he let me sit there, and we, I read through it, and I pondered on it, and I thought about it a lot, and I didn't find anything that I left out of it. And then after that, he said, okay, I want you to sit here and pray about it. And we prayed about it for a while, and after that, it was just on the seven. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty solid. Unless you have something you're just absolutely refused to let go of. It's a pretty, pretty simple step. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually had to make it more complicated than it was. Mine was pretty easy um, that I recall. Uh, my sponsor sent me home and told me to kind of go home, uh, kind of find a quiet spot, relax for an hour, and just kind of think about, you know, what I just did in step five and if I left anything out. And at that point... I think I'd been focusing so much on my defects of character that they were just so loud. I mean, they were, they were all magnified. There was so much of that going on in my head that I was just freaked out. And at that point I was like, I am more than willing to get rid of this stuff. Cause I felt like I was going crazy at that point. Um, focusing and putting all my energy into the defects of character and, and realizing like, this is what I've been doing for so long. This is what my, I just, it's weird. You know, you think you're this like caring, wonderful person. And it's just like that whole thing gets obliterated. You're like, you're a selfish asshole full of fear and selfishness and all of that. And so it kind of rocks your world, but I did. I sat there. Uh, I sat there for an hour and really thought about that. And I was, like I said, like, like, let's get rid of this. I don't want this. Did I trust that yet? No, because I was still new to this whole higher power thing. I was still new to this prayer thing. And it's just something like, again, with the steps multiple times before, it was just a leap of faith. Let's see what happens. And that stuff, like it, it worked. It worked. Um, you know, fear used to be one of my more complex defects of character. I, I lived in fear for a long time and it was, it was, it was bad. It wasn't just fear. It was fight or flight. I was in constant fight or flight. I was having severe panic attacks on a daily basis in and out of psych wards and heavily sedated on uh, benzos um, through that whole entire time. And so I just like, i I was just running and fear controlled me. It paralyzed me. And it was so awesome is that I haven't had a panic attack since I've gotten sober. And that's one of my biggest miracles is that that defect of character fear to the point of the, the crippling, you know, panic and all is, is just totally disappeared out of my life. Um, and, and, it doesn't mean like I'm cured from fear. I still have fear. There are mostly healthy fears these days. But if I get into that, you, you know, get into uh, fear, it's like, okay, I'm not trusting God here. Mm-hmm. 
which, you know, leads me to do what I need to do. Talk to my sponsor, surrender, pray more, you know, do like, you know, we've been taught, do the deal, take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. And man, if, if you think about it, everything goes back to fear. Yeah. Sure. Just, I mean, I'm not, I, I, yeah, everything. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. If I can pretty much think, if I, if I can gather some knowledge in the program of AA, um, obviously I, I need meetings no matter what, you know, I, man, I had to search out one the other day cause I hadn't been to a meeting in like 10 days and, um, you know, there, there wasn't any fear there. There was a no better, you know, better, you better go find one. I don't care if you got to mm-hmm. drive three hours to get to one, you need to go get one. But, um, but fear and acceptance, both of those two words are, are crucial to my recovery. I don't, I can't speak for anybody else's recovery, but if I can put a, put a two words that really mean a lot and there's willingness, there's honesty, there's all these words, I get it, but fear, you know, because sometimes I, if I think about it, why did I lash out? Right. Well, because there's some kind of fear going on with me and, and I got something going on and it's me. You know, it's fear. It's, it's just all about fear. Fear of losing something I have or not getting something I want. And what is fear a result of, in my life, lack of faith? Exactly. That's it. Yeah, because the opposite, I'm of, not right the opposite I'm of fear of is trust. Yeah. Yeah. That I don't trust the process. I don't trust my higher power. I don't trust the this program. I don't trust the things that I've done to continue to go the way they're going so when i'm pulling back and when i'm in that that's what that is i've i've i'm somehow not right spiritually but did did we get this fear overnight did we get it over time no did this develop (laughs) no or yes Did, did we get it as a result of something that happened growing up where did this come from? I think it, it stems from your environment. It can stem from families. It can be generational, um, like a, uh, you know, just stem. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. It's in movies. It is It is learned. It is. Well, you know, let's let's talk about this just a little bit. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I was talking to somebody the other day. We were having a conversation and I, I just made a comment, you know, about, <laughs> I'm going to call it childhood trauma, but yeah. it's not. So if you're out there and you suffer childhood trauma, I am not making light of yours, right? I, this is just kind of the way me and this person were having this conversation, and this is how it came to be, you know. But if you – I have siblings, and my siblings are seven years younger than me, right? Two, I have two sisters. Both of them are the same age. They're both 43 years old. And there were some serious resentments and serious arguments and family feuds based on the toy in the cereal box. Yep. I mean, that, that, that kill a guy at my house. And my just, brother's over. I mean, mom came home one time and she had this Bro, this container pulled at my house. And I was yeah. like, "What? What's the container for?" She's like, well, "We're gonna pour the cereal in there." And I'm like, "Who's getting the toy?" You know, and. It just because I mean, and he's, he's, these toys are, are, you know, oh, but the reason I said all that is just because there are little things like that that happened as a child that 
shaped me as an adult. You know, it kind of, you get that resentment. They're going to get something I don't have. You know, I, it, the toy was like a Fred Flintstone eraser in a Fruity Pebbles, right? <laughs> this is pre-internet, guys, for anybody out there listening. We, that was oh, yeah, we might have young then. listeners. I don't even know if they still put toys in the, in the I have, I have no idea. I don't either. I don't know. I don't think they do. I eating cereal, and I don't know They probably long. didn't as a result of some psychiatrists writing in and saying, you guys are causing. <laughs> or people would eat the toy back in the 80s, you know, and die. Oh, uh, so yeah. probably why they don't. Well, I. um. They don't but, put the, the baby in the king cake yeah. anymore. No, so. really? They don't? Yeah. No. You got to put it in yourself if you want yep. to. Yep. Choking hazard, probably. Mm-hmm. So, but the, <laughs> the reason I said that was because it was little things like that growing up that kind of shaped my mentality, right? And and I guess it just over the course, especially while your brain's still growing, you know, and I think our brains continue to grow up until like age 26. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Something like that. 26, mm-hmm. And how old have you been? 30. Okay. So you're in good shape. <laughs> just wanted to make sure your brain. No, I think I was stunned in like 90% of that time. <laughs> well, most of us were. Right. <laughs> but, you know, while your brain's still growing, I developed these these feelings of, of resentment to, towards, towards my sisters over a cereal box or, you know, but I take those into adulthood. You know, they just come in bigger forms. You know, they go from being very simple, like something like that, into these huge things, you know, like... I don't know, taking away the McRib when McDonald's takes away the McRib and brings it back and takes it away and brings it back. I mean, what am I supposed right. to do? How does a man, you know, survive out there, don't, you know? Well, there's the just, there, there's so many factors in how we're raised when it, right. I mean, it, it, it goes into what, like abuse and um, adverse, you know, childhood experiences, abandonment. I mean, you and. I, we had Megan Allen on person on the other day. We had yes. this discussion the other day, her and I. Trauma is relative. Mike fighting, I'm, I'm going to use this example, Mike duking it out. And you did have to fight two people, basically, if they were 43. So that's kind of fair. It was a two Well, they weren't 43 at the time. Well, well you know, but, but, but fighting over a toy in a cereal box may be traumatic to somebody, you know. But you turn around, and this is what you get working with people and going to, for me, I go sit in treatment centers. I was in one last night. And then you start to hear what I consider traumatic in quotations in my background. And then I hear somebody has something way worse, but, but each person that may be a huge deal to them. And it may have started down that road and you can't, you can't, um, belittle or discount. Oh, well, it was a toy in a cereal box. Well, you know, you know, because this person was abused or whatever. Oh, it's right. no comparison there. Everybody's on their own. You're right thing, with that. You know? And I think that especially as children, we're not necessarily taught the right coping skills to get through sure. those kind of things. And and it just creates a, a, a void of sorts. And I tried that crap when I did steps with my... Uh, my sponsor and going through resentments and things like that. And I tried all that, my parents thing, but he straightened that out real fast. It took yeah. about five minutes to undo well, 40 years. Well, <laughs> that's kind of I'm serious. Yes. I was, I was going there because I'm, I'm not trying to encourage anybody to get there in front of your, your sponsor and start blaming siblings and parents. What, you know, where I was going with that was because obviously there, there was, you know, much more traumatic things that happened in my childhood. You know, I'm just kind of, 
getting in there, what shapes my personality, you know, to where whenever I'm an adult, I have these character defects, right? There's, there's things that shape them. Obviously some major trauma is going to shape them. You know, Mm -hmm. there's small trauma, like it's, you know, or not even trauma, just episodes. I can remember a time where my grandfather spanked me. Okay. And it was just a spanking hand, blue jeans, um, back in the eighties, perfectly normal. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Were they Lee jeans? Uh, Jordash? They're probably husky, <laughs> to be honest with you. But <laughs> we're not going to go there. But but to be you know perfectly honest, out of my whole, I'm 50 years old. My grandfather's, I want to say 93. Um, but out of our whole lives, that's the only time he's ever spanked me, right? And it isn't even the spanking that I think about. It was what I did to create that happening, right? So there was something going on back then, and if I didn't course correct due to that, you know, then it's going to turn into something much bigger. The problem with that is um, whenever I course correct, I only course correct that that action with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. I may still do that with everybody else, but I just I know I don't go there, right, with him. So character defects, for me anyway, you know, all of that, just talking about character defects, because I don't want to overindulge on it, because it really doesn't matter where they come from. Right. We got them. Yep. We got them. Yeah, we do. And it has caused problems with our relationships with other human beings. Now, we go through the step four, we go through step five, and we admit um all of those things that we find objectionable about our character, somewhere in there, we talk about it, or even if it's fear, right? But we talk about it with that sponsor. Now, we have a list. It could be, you know, mine are always written down, but it could be non-written. It could just be in your head. It could be typed into something. But we have a list of character de- defects. Now, are we entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character? Are we? You know, that that is... When I so this is where my dilemma because we're we're really a show about experience, right? Um, we don't really give advice, we don't give suggestions, really. Even you know, so hopefully some sober listeners out there can relate, and maybe some newcomers can pick it up and go, "That's pretty cool. I like that." You know, but um, I remember doing my fifth step, and um, and Dale told me to uh, i was at the koala club and i lived down the road from the koala club and dale told me go to the you know go home and sit there in your apartment for an hour and think about it and have you left anything out and if you have you know like the whole story and my drive from the koala club to my apartment i was in i think i had a truck back then um my drive, though, I started thinking about these character defects. And I, I, this, this was like the first time I really thought thought about it. Like, I had a, a mental picture of, you know, these, these character defects. And I wasn't quite sure I was ready to let go of some of them. I just wasn't. I mean... Well, I, you're so used to them. Yeah, well, like, really what am I going to do without this? Comfort. I really like yeah. I like some of them. And yeah. to me, it's what made me such a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Look at You know, man, I hate to give up this. I hate to give up that. Especially if it, when it comes to pride. <laughs> yeah. But think <laughs> about this. That makes me. We 
what came to believe in a power greater than ourselves. We turn our will and our life over to this power, but, but we're not quite sure if we want him to shape and mold our personalities in a way he sees. Turn our will and our life over, but I'm going to kind of show you how I want this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the dilemma about the character defects, you know, and and it it even says, yeah, it could be 12 and 12. It's not the big book. Well, maybe it is big book, but it even says if we have character defects, we don't think we want to let go of. We ask God that we become willing, but never say never. We never say, I'm not going to let that go. I'm not going to let that go. You know, this isn't quite like an amends list where we have the nevers, maybes, and today kind of mm-hmm. thing. This is a, you know, if these are character defects and we, and I was so positive though, I will say that I had the faith that God was going to take these away. And, and <laughs> I love it in the 12 and 12, it says, if we ask, God will certainly forgive our declarations, but in no case does he render us white as snow and keep us that way without our cooperation. Now, t- think about that. So there's some action we got to take. Right. What y'all think? Absolutely. And I remember... For sure. I remember backtracking just a second on praying about this after doing this step. And the whole thought, the whole time I sat for that hour was, if all these get removed, what's left? What's left? I didn't know what was left. Clean slate. Yeah, but what's in the slate? That was my thought. <laughs> what like, kind of slate are then we what working is it with? Then? Nothing? Who's here? Well, <laughs> I like you said that. What kind of slate are we working with? Because it ain't we anymore. It's God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, well, and and that was a fear right in itself of going, well, I, I you know, it's kind of like keeping your enemies close. I mean, I knew these things, but if you remove those things, then I don't know what else is in there. So... Um, yeah, that's where I was at with it. That's all I remember thinking was this is going to be weird. And it is because all of a sudden who you are is not who you are. So who am I? But, but are we real? man, this is going to sound, are we (laughs) really, are we really who we are? No, I get, yeah, you're exactly. I don't think when when you're on the path that we were on, probably my head for, I mean, with all of it, uh, from the beginning till now is that I've always wanted to be what other people wanted me to be. And, and, and probably yeah. thought you lived up to that. Yeah. And, and it's like, I always, I always wanted to be loved and needed by everybody. And I would do anything that I thought they needed me to be rather than just be me rather, rather than just do be what natural. feels natural and comes natural to me. Yeah. Uh, and I guess now that's, that may be a slight problem because I send too many Instagram reels to people, but well, let me I'm let me ask you this: if a if a character defect, um, Ben is is let's say people pleasing, mm-hmm. right? And then you you no longer you want that you know you you are willing to have that removed. Well, obviously it's causing you some sort of pain. Yeah, some, there's some kind of problem in there. Maybe because if you try to please everybody, some people are not going to like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the ones I focused on most is as, right. soon, as soon as I find, as soon as somebody shows any, like they're in my life enough or whatever, and I feel comfortable around them or whatever, it's the ones that I don't feel comfortable around that I show out, that right. I try and do whatever I can to gain that. And that's one thing I've, I have to learn to step back and try not to 
so feed into me, so much. Let me ask you that because I like that you add you you gave a specific character defect. Um, let's just say you had enough pain, you wanted this character defect removed, right? And um, you asked God to remove it. And I know we're getting into step seven, and that's okay. It's okay if we bleed over. It's no big deal. Um, but let's just say you get into step seven, you ask God to remove that character defect. What now? What do you do? I, the, uh, my biggest thing is just trying to stay aware of what I just asked for and, and, and trying when, when I go into any situation, just trying to remember that as best as I can, because I do have a problem with ADHD and object permanence. If I forget, if I leave something alone for, if something's out of my direct contact for too long, I forget about it. And that's, I have to keep on top of things for it to, for it to, for, for, yes. Not to let you regress. Yeah. Like if I relax, excuse me, I'll, I revert back to, and I say relax. If I'm not focused on the positive things that I'm resting on your laurels. Yes. There you go. That's yeah. I I don't know about any of y'all listening or any of you guys, but I have two gears forward or back. I have no neutral. So I don't, I'm incapable of neutral. I just don't have it. I can't just sit in a, in a still place in, in my life. So I'm either working on it or I'm falling back from it. One of the two. Right. So, um, it's a constant, it's a constant, uh, I want to say battle, but that's not even a good word. It's just, it's just working on stuff. Struggle. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I think, uh, for me, the way this worked was, you know, I did my four and five. I got my character defects. I kind of had a really good idea of what they were. Discussed them, obviously, with some adult supervision, you know, had my sponsor. And whenever I actually went through with step seven, and I didn't name them all. Some people do. I get, you know, hey, that's that's it. There's a seven-step prayer. That's what I used. You know, God, take all of all my character defects, right? And what when I got up from doing that, my character defects were not gone. But the one thing that I can say, and this is this is a you know a, a an attaboy for the program of Alcoholics Anonymous was my character defects were glaring at that point. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, horrifically. Like I've acknowledged them, I've thought about them, I've talked to God about them. How am I going to forget about them as soon as I do it? You know what I mean? So it gives me a chance to work opposite of myself. The way I like to look at it is not to forget about them, but to not practice them anymore. Yeah. And I think what that those steps is what it's about is 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 awareness. It's the identification. It is the all right, time to go. Yeah. And do something make that change. And even if it's just maybe work on one at a time. You know, maybe if it's say honesty is a character defect that you have. Well, maybe just don't be dishonest today, you know, yeah. and if you are, mm-hmm. make make amends for it right then. You know, telling someone, hey, I just lied, that's kind of tough. You don't want to do that crap all over, over and over and over all day long. Right. I mean, it is, it's a practice. But that, but think about it. Is that the way, is that the way God removes them? By you practicing Absolutely. That's how, yeah. how it works. It's not for a me. magic wand. Right. It's not uh, for it, me. It's just poop gone. Yeah. It's it's not that. I mean, there's what's the what's the learning in that or the 
you know, it's when you have to go home, we go to somebody and go, okay, yeah, just lied to your face. You don't want to do this. What Mike <laughs> said. You don't want to do that all the time. Okay. You're going to clean that up. If you don't, I don't know what to do. But And, uh, and that goes back to the 12 and 12, it taking the best possible attitude you can towards changing your life. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It's just, it's, it's, it's a progress. Yeah, it's work. This whole program is nothing but action. Yeah, there are things you can do, and you're going to get better if you put the action in. And uh, you know, so yeah, I, I I don't know. I work on a lot of them. Some of them are way better than others. Some of them are just always around, you know, and they're they're close by. Well, right. <laughs> you know, and and we're obviously we're discussing six and seven. Okay, so it, let's talk about just a minute, a minute about. No, step seven. Let's talk about step seven for a minute. We'll just jump over to the, to, we'll take that leap for a second. Um, step seven, because you, you said they're always around. Well, it, it deals with humility, mm-hmm. right? That's the main thing is it deals with humility. So let's think about this. I am now asking God to remove the defects of character that stand in the way of me him and my fellows, not me, but just him and my fellows, right? And um, and I'm going to tell him what character defects to remove? Well, that's not how the game is played. Not that this is a game. It's, it's deadly serious business, but the truth is that's not how the steps work. God removes, for me, for me, he, he removes the defects he wants gone. Right. So if I, if I think about that before taking step six and before taking step seven, if, if this character defect is actually an asset, he's not going to remove it. He's not going to remove it. Well, and it's kind of like even throughout the years, I've lear- you learn more and more about yourself. What I was ready to see when I was newly sober, it was something I wasn't ready to see. And maybe years later, I was like, whoa. Okay, here comes a here comes a new one that, and I'm more aware of it now. Um, I mean, that's what happens in recovery. Oh, whack a mole! The, the old whack a mole. The old yes. whack a mole. Was you gonna say something? Ben? You know, no. Oh, okay, I just I'm astonished by this beautiful view I have right here. Well, well, Ben, I'm, I'm that's handsome, what I've been doing this whole time. Was when I have not speaking, I'm just that's Matt. You've seen him before. Oh, I've had to say, Mike. I did go to the barber shop <laughs> yesterday. I mean, I'm just I'm looking good. Yeah. Are you talking about all the equipment? Is that a character yeah, defect? Kind of, <laughs> I'm huh? looking good. Kind of, yeah. Um, it just it's a child. It's taking me back to my grandmother's house when I was younger. So, and uh, I'm glad you said that though because. Because a lot of stuff went down at Grandma's house when well, we were younger. Yeah, I, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. shape our futures. But talking about God using things, um, and it, I'll just last night go to a treatment center, end up talking to a couple guys after the thing, after the meeting. Me having those defects, some of that stuff, God is able to use, and so it's a fine line between people pleaser and being friendly with people and being open to talking to them and visiting with them and being approachable versus that, you know, it's like a seesaw almost because there is a, there is a benefit that can be used for some of that stuff. Um, I got one that I can share about you, Matt. I don't know if we want to do that um, on on the internet. No, it's it's good. It's good. It's, uh, you have a character defect. Like if you, if you wanted to, you could just, tell somebody how you feel about them and try and put them in their place just mm-hmm. 
and you've shared a couple of times where somebody was going off and wrongly going off on somebody that was doing the best that they could. Mm-hmm. And I, in my personal opinion, I feel that you, when you, the way you address those couple situations that you've talked about, you did it right. And you, it was, it was just in the way that you did it. So Meaning. not all the time, yeah. but sometimes being able to speak your mind is meaning, meaning, meaning yeah. instead of, uh, you know, taking a baseball bat to a place, uh, mm-hmm. approaching it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a work in progress. Well, with any defect of character, yeah, we can use that to our detriment and we can harm people, we can harm ourselves, and we can just be ugly people. But there's also the the opposite, which is we can use it for motivation, um, every single one of them, uh, to, to get better and to never be that way and to teach other people that you don't have to either. And and <clears throat> to, to go back to the conversation last night I had with these guys and they were talking about some stuff for me to have that same character defect and have been dealing with it sober and clean for five years, they're a week sober and clean and they're going, Oh my God. And they're freaking out. And, and I'm like, Hey bro, you know, it kind of calms them down because I go, there's a process. I deal with it too. I still deal mm-hmm. with it. So it will, it will get better, but you're able to help somebody else. And they're thinking of the, the fear of, I'm going to have to deal with how, I, you know, and, and so God does use that, you know, um, and that's, I think that's awesome. And, you know, yeah. Character assets. Sure. I mean, it, we may think it's a defect. It's none of our business, right? It is. That's God's deal there. He gets to remove and not remove. So, you know, if I could think back about anything going back through all of, of or through my years of recovery is I'm driving home after doing step five and I'm thinking, about the character defects I don't want removed. Well, one, that's selfish. And two, that isn't even something I even had to think about. You know, I'm kind of glad that I was even thinking about the program of AA. It means I'm taking it serious at this point, right? But I was actually in fear about the character defects that may, may or may not be removed. And the truth is, it's not even up to me. It has absolutely nothing to me what God removes and doesn't remove, you know, the character defects that I know I need to work on, I'm going to know I need to work on them. I mean, it's just pretty simple, right? Yeah, yeah. sure. So, um, and then so we go back to step seven, and now that we're talking about step seven. And so let's just say we got our character defects. We've thought about it. We're we're pretty sure these are this is what's been standing in the way of me and why do I always say me? <laughs> this is what's been standing in the way of my fellows and God and everybody out there and causing problems in my relationships, whether it's a romantic relationship or whether it's just a friend or even a child, um, just relationships, period. But I've got all this in my head and I'm thinking about it. What do I do? According to the big book, when ready, that means we have became entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character. It says when ready, we say something like this. My creator, I am not, I am I'm not. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Love it. Yeah. Say it every day. Do you really? Yes, I do. Wow. Jill works a step seven every day. I believe that. I, I would too. 
That's a good prayer to wake up to in the morning. That's my favorite. Yeah. I usually wake up and just go, oh, God. <laughs> Even sober, I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> well, maybe now you can follow it up with that. And once yeah, you get to be yeah. my age, Matt, you wake up. He's and, used to my shenanigans, okay? It's uh, it's an odd relationship. but uh, Y'all wake up together? God, Sometimes. Not that <laughs> Mostly guy. on the weekends. He's uh, he's really used to my shenanigans. but uh, Well, I mean, so that's what we do with this. You know, that's, that's what we, uh, it's pretty simple, right? Mm-hmm. We say that prayer and let God do what God does, and we do, right? What mm-hmm. God's will supposedly is, and then we do what's right. And by doing what's right, we start working. On, I do. I, I should say we, but I do. I start working on those character defects. And just to throw in Jill, your prayer, but pretty much anything in this program for me goes back to the Serenity Prayer. Yeah. Yeah. What do I have control over? Very little. Well, I had that conversation with somebody today. Just, I mean, it's pretty much um, covers everything. I mean, I can't think of anything it doesn't cover in a short little paragraph, uh, you know, in a broad way of looking at it. And and that's we do what we are able to do or capable of doing, and God's going to take care of the rest of mm-hmm. it. So that's right. just let it go. So Now, can we do that? We try. We try. That's a good <laughs> answer, Jill. The, the reason I bring that up is, is another, you know, common thing that happens in AA that I hear, especially with newcomers, and um, not to discourage a newcomer, right? But I give it to God and I take it back. Mm-hmm. I give it to God and I take oh, it back. Oh, the L tug of war. Yeah. I yeah. give it to God and I take it back. Jill, you've been sober 13 years. Yeah. Do you give it to God and take it back? Sometimes, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I catch myself a hell of a lot quicker, though, these days. Yeah, me too. I think I hope, too, that people that are listening to this and we can't, Mike's brainstorm for this deal was, you know, new people uh, looking at the program, trying to get help. I think we, what you can hear from everybody in this room, if you listen to this constantly or listen to this show, is it is a constant work in progress and it gets better. But things don't just evaporate and go away, and you're like a new toy that comes out of a, a wrapper. You know, it, right. you, you're, it's a progress to work your way back from what you did. And as time goes on, if you put the effort in, yes, it gets a lot better. Am I five years later? I'm miles and miles ahead of where I was five years ago. Yeah. But I have miles and miles to go. So, but I'm excited about it because I've seen progress and, and, I've grown more in the last two years than I did in the first three. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just flying now. And, and, and I like the way you said that because you haven't rested on your laurels. Mm-mm. You, you grow when you go, when you keep going, when you keep moving, when you keep sacrifice, hard work, whatever it takes, right. For that newcomer and for that new person. So that's you, of course you've grown more in the past. couple. And we years. talked about this last night, make mistakes. You know, I, I, I have guys in a business and I have two, I, t- there's two types of mistakes in, in my business, the lazy mistake where we're just not going to do anything. We're going to let somebody else worry about it. It ain't my job. And, you know, and then we have aggressive mistakes where they're trying to get the job done. They go, Hey, I'm thinking, let me try this. It doesn't work. I don't get mad most of the time about aggressive mistakes because I know where the heart's at on it. Well, in, in, in recovery, you're going to make mistakes too, but get in there and go to work, try to do some things. And if you're doing it the right way and you have a sponsor, 
you can go, Hey, this isn't, I'm, this isn't working. Let's back up and try this, you know? So we've mentioned the word or the, the phrase resting on our laurels uh, quite a bit today. A and I didn't know what the hell that meant. So uh, the definition is to be satisfied with past success and do nothing to achieve further success. There you go. Uh, I have arrived. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this Resting is on this is ongoing. Mm-hmm. This is ongoing. Sure. I mean, it has a it has a lot to do with complacency and 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 I just we can't afford that. That's exactly what I did for the first five six months of getting sober or getting dry. The, uh, you were just I, happy with going to meetings? No, I wasn't even going to meetings. I you I went to drinking. I went to like two meetings and I quit drinking, and just went, went to work and went home and nothing got better. Matter of fact, shit got worse. Uh, and it was shit getting worse that woke me up. And I'm glad every day that that happened the way it did. The um, but once I started taking action in this program is when things started getting better and it was small things at first but it led into big things so same here and get used to being uncomfortable in sobriety the uncomfortable stuff is where you grow yep so whatever that might be you come in and you sit with your head down in a meeting for six months and you don't say a word to anybody the uncomfortable can be getting up and like walking over and shaking somebody's hand and going hey i'm so and so Get over that fear of that. Keep pushing to to broaden what you're doing in whatever steps that might be. And the more I've been uncomfortable, the faster I've grown. So yeah. I almost like the uncomfortable now because I know once I've done it once, then I'm then I'm I'm cooking then. Oh, you yeah. know? And uh um so And and to your to your point, there is a level of humility that goes with the um, doing the uncomfortable. Sure. There's a level of unselfishness that goes with doing the uncomfortable, right? There's the So we talked about those, the previous episodes leading into this, which is, you know, one of the reasons why I really wanted to do those two before we talked about step six, right? Because the level of humility, step six and seven really is what we've discussed in this episode, if we're just being honest. But the level of humility, so if I am... Humble enough to say my life has not worked out with these defects, whether I like them or not. I need God to remove them if there's going to be any change. You know, is there a chance I could get up and be a totally different person? Well, I sure as hell hope so. Because I was not the person I thought I was when I came into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, looking back, if he'd have removed them all at once... I probably wouldn't have came back. <laughs> right. I'm good. I'm Thank perfect. y'all. Appreciate it, guys. I've, I've you know, um, more more so. This is a, a way of living. So it's it's changed my way of living over the past twelve years. It's not really. It's made me better. You know, the most important thing is I haven't drank, which is the whole purpose. You know, I went in because of all this. You know, the the byproduct of working the 12 steps for me was not drinking. That's just a byproduct, right? The actual product was having a better life. So, so to speak, you know, cleaning up that mat problem I had. Yeah. Right. On that right. One. Well, and I think, gosh, when I came in, I thought I'm just here to stop drinking. I had no idea that this, this, there was more to this program and it's all the stuff that we're talking about. I never thought any of this would be something I would work on. And getting getting back to that too, 
I hate to keep bringing up last night, but but the, those are my favorite meetings, the treatment center meetings, and and um, you know I feel like most of the time I have about a month of sobriety anyway, so I'm good with the that's my people in there. But this deal when when you're talking about removing defects of character and and identifying them and working on them, there's a there's a way to look at people in this program and go. I look at people and I go, they have a program and it doesn't necessarily mean how long they've been sober, but a lot of times it does translate because the longer they go, the, the more you can tell that they, Mike and Jill, great example. Y'all have been doing this a lot longer than I have. When I hear y'all going, yeah, I, I still work on this or I'll work on that. Then I'm, then I'm sitting here going, okay, well then this is a journey. You know, um, when I talk to Joe B or Phil and they're, 40 years and i go oh okay so they're still they're same, still working on when that. i talk to them yeah i mean we all do that and that's what this program does um and and that's what we discussed last night i, I mean I, I told those two guys i said this is not a this is not a magic wand deal if it was everybody would do it instantly the world would be a perfect place but it's not you know and it takes work and uh so get around people that are doing this and, and identify who's actually working a program and doing the things that, that are, that are suggested to do, you know? Well, I think we have, um, about run out of time and this has been a really good one. Um, you know, I, I, it's it, funny. I, I told you, I told you guys, you know, I had been, I had like 10 days. I didn't go to a meeting and that's rare for me to go that long without a meeting. So, I searched one out, you know, whenever I, I just recently moved to a town called Burleson, Texas, just outside of Dallas. And I searched out a meeting and the meeting was six minutes from my apartment. Six minutes. That's how long it took me to get there. Like I jumped in, hit the thing, boom, six minutes later, I'm in this meeting and um, small meeting. It was on, I want to say Thursday, might've been Wednesday, but it was on Thursday or Wednesday, small meeting. And the, the, Topic of conversation was um, it's closed meeting. I have I think that might be the first closed meeting I've ever been to. Oh, but it's a closed meeting of AA, and um, I mean it didn't. I really that's old school. Yeah, yeah, but I like them. A lot of newcomers. You know, like fifteen people there, and probably thirteen or twelve were newcomers. But the topic was higher power, right? Talking about finding that higher power and and what you know, relying on that higher power was the, was the one that got me and that, um, it, talking about six and seven, you know, it says if that degree of humility could enable us to find the grace by which such a deadly obsession could be banished, then there must be hope of the same result respecting other problems we could possibly have character defects or whatever problem comes along that reliance on a higher power is for me very important especially on times like my recent move when i had to go days without a meeting or i went days i didn't have to go i went days without a meeting so uh, anyway shout out to who gonna shout out to today matt oh uh, let's see we've gotten some or i have gotten some text i think you did too for some people uh Dickie sent us some stuff on some people listening, uh, new people listening oh, to, yeah. the, to the deal that was really nice, and uh, that's kind of why we do this. So, Do you uh, still have the text? We can read it. I do have it. Uh, let's see here. Give me just a second. 
and um, I'm going to send a shout out. I got a text yesterday, and I don't have it on me, but it was from one of our listeners that I didn't know really listened. Her name is, I knew she listened, but I hadn't heard from her. Her name is Bree. She is in um, the Covington, Mandeville, Madisonville area. She's from down there. And, of course, I've, I hear from Amy C. quite regularly on um, Instagram. And she's the one that left us the one voicemail we've gotten so far. Um, but still listening to the show. Okay, so I got the text from Dickie. She said, hey, so a while back, <clears throat> excuse me, I sent the podcast. We did to my cousin who sent it to her son who is one of us and lost his three beautiful babies. He texted me today and said he has been sober for a few months now. And that podcast changed his life. Uh, and I said, that's cool. Then it's all, you know, all this has been worth it. That's why we're doing it. So, um, that's pretty awesome to hear. And, um, very awesome. Yeah. Great. And keep uh, coming back. Keep yeah. coming. Yeah. we need all the listeners we can get. We, uh, you know, I think Miss Faye still listens, and Michelle still mm-hmm. listens. Rhonda still listens. Kim still listens. We, uh, Larry and Judy got married. So oh, yes. excellent! I think yes. they have to we, listen together now as part of the laws of, of uh, yeah, they got married in Florida. So I can honestly say it's one of the states I've gotten married in before. So uh, <laughs> I'm pretty uh pretty happy for them. I, I got some videos of some airboat rides, and you know, I was I was thinking, man, you, Bridezilla, I think, comes to mind. I don't, I didn't say that. That was in a in one of the uh, messages I got. Hopefully, I, it was from Judy. You you are talk have talked about your marriages, but you know, I've been the best man at one of my friends' weddings three times. Okay, yeah, I'm kind of. I guess He's I the work common cheap. denominator. I if, I work, <laughs> if I work cheap or it's what? You. The third one, I said, "Bud, I'm bad luck." Next one's you're gonna have to find somebody else. You and know. we need to shout out to Dicky because obviously she listens, and if she doesn't listen, she sends it off to people. Dicky, Dicky's awesome, and uh, I know Chris she, C still listens. Yes, he does, and uh, but Dicky has a new job uh, with in the treatment. Uh, field and she's fired up about that and should be and she's going to do great at that so we have i don't think we got any new countries um matter of fact if you're one of these countries that i'm about to name off and you border another country can you run across the border right quick and just log (laughs) in so we have an additional country on there so we got the united states which is everyone we just named basically is in the states the united kingdom taiwan that's and is that right? Yeah. In Taiwan. Yeah. Ireland, we got Bulgaria, Australia, Denmark, and Saudi Arabia. And it looks like the United Arab Emirates fell off. I don't hmm. know. Maybe whoever was in the UAE moved over to uh, one of these, I hope moved over to one of these other countries. Bulgaria. <laughs> <laughs> Is that close to? No. <laughs> I forgot my globe. Wasn't... I skipped geography <laughs> I forgot, that I forgot year. My globe. Anyway, you can reach out to us at area code 985-377-4816. That's our voicemail. We're going to play it on the air. Oh, I forgot to shout out to Jane. Um, Jane actually reminded me this week that I did not hit the publish button. And I'm driving down the road, and I got a text or an email, and I was like, oh, let me look. Boom. And I had to publish our episode. That's why it came out late, is because I, I just didn't, I thought I'd published it. So, okay. shame on me. So I did, uh, I did speaking of Mandeville Covington, uh, I did get a guy, a friend of mine from high school um, on Instagram. We have another uh, friend that, uh, he's, he's like me, and uh, we'll put it that way. And uh, he kind of. We kind of got to talking this week about it, and I sent him a, 
a link to the podcast and he said well our buddy probably ain't gonna listen to it but i am so he's gonna start listening uh cool speaking of buddies um gideon yeah reached out to me this week what did he say (laughs) he said he listens to all our episodes he does he does he does and uh i'm a better golfer than him so he needs to know that i mean yeah. Uh, I hope you're being serious because no, I'll probably end up playing I'm, golf with him. Apparently, he lives by me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, boy. Dude, he can play. Uh, no, he can actually play. And I probably um, won't end up playing golf. Well, but, so, one of you can fish and one of you can golf. Yeah, I can outfish him. He can definitely out golf me. It's like a Mark Chestnut song right here. Yes. Uh, if you can outfish home. him, he must be terrible. <laughs> he, well, I mean, like, they made him leave Bass Pro land? Shop three times. <laughs> is, fishing is, he, is he trying to fish in the Bass Pro's parking lot? Or uh, like? You know, me and Bobby have probably fished in the Bass Pro. All right. Lot. Voicemail 377-4816 and our email G and B Bozier, B-O-S-S-I-E-R at gmail.com. That's G and B Bozier at gmail.com and Bozier spelled B-O-S-S-I-E-R. Love to hear from you. Love to read your emails on the air. And thanks for everyone who's listening. Congratulations again to Larry and Judy. Signing off, this is the Garage and the Brainstorm.